This is AgriPulse Drive Time brought to you by the American Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of agriculture. Learn more at fb.org. Good Tuesday afternoon. I'm Spencer Chase. President Joe Biden says he plans to block Russian oil from entering the United States, and some Midwest lawmakers have an idea of what he should do next. Biden administration officials said they were hesitant to make the move due to concerns it would only further exacerbate higher energy costs driven by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. But speaking today at the White House, Biden said the move is one that will come with a cost at the gas pump. Now, the Iowa congressional delegation has sent a letter to the administration outlining the role of biofuels in the discussion. Senator Chuck Grassley says his travels around the state showed the price reductions already available. You see E15 being sold for 30 cents to 40 cents cheaper than E10. And just yesterday, ethanol was selling at a $1.20 discount to base gasoline. And that's before any resulting price swings that would happen once Russian oil is blocked from the U.S., Many Republicans are now urging the administration to take steps to encourage domestic energy production rather than using oil from Venezuela as a substitute for Russian product. Grassley says biofuel should be part of that conversation. President Biden ought to look to the Midwest and think about how ethanol and biodiesel can fill these voids. In fact, it'd probably be a good thing if he'd visit an ethanol or biodiesel facility. In other news, climate leaders say they want to see more steps taken to address the impacts of climate change. AgriPulse's Hannah Pegel has more. A global climate leader is calling on developed countries to invest in adaptation practices to mitigate irreversible losses and damages from climate change. The World Resource Institute held a webinar today to discuss the findings of a new climate science report released by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. The report found impacts of climate change are more widespread and extensive than previously thought. First Minister of Scotland Nicola Sturgeon urged developed countries to continue to invest in climate adaptations. Now, some progress was made in Glasgow. The aim of doubling finance for adaptation by 2025 is, of course, very welcome, as is the commitment to a longer-term finance goal. However, it is, in my view, utterly shameful that the developed world has still not delivered that £100 billion of funding promised in 2009. The report is available on WRI.org. Reporting in Washington, I'm Hannah Pegel. Finally, Farm Bill Oversight on Capitol Hill had rural development under the microscope today. AgriPulse's Amy Mayer has the latest. At a House Ag subcommittee hearing today, members raised questions about fairness in distributing federal funds for rural broadband expansion. USDA Undersecretary for Rural Development Sochi Torres-Small came before the subcommittee on commodity exchanges, energy, and credit. The discussion about implementation of the 2018 Farm Bill included questions about the ReConnect program, USDA's initiative to expand connectivity. House Ag Committee Ranking Member and Pennsylvania Republican G.T. Thompson pressed Torres Small about which applicants get preference. One of the questions I had was how you decided to advantage nonprofit applicants over for-profit applicants, since that so clearly broke with the longstanding operation um, and the precedence of the program. Torres Small said many categories are considered, and that one is a small part of the overall application review. She added that the next round of ReConnect funding aims to reach the smallest and most remote areas. As we 
take on this next step, which are going to be some of the hardest projects, we're looking to bring in as many potential partners as possible. And to that point of coordination, one of the pieces that we see as one of our strengths is relationships with rural electric co-ops that potentially we can help bring to the table. She also said the program has flexibility, such as waiving some matching funds to help reach more different applicants. Overall, Torres Small expressed a need to increase the presence of rural development staff in communities they serve to build residents' trust in government. That, she said, leads to connecting people with programs they can use. Amy Mayer, AgriPulse. Now, here's a word from our sponsor. Today's AgriPulse Drive Time is brought to you by the American Farm Bureau Federation. There are more than 140 million acres of farmland used in conservation and wildlife habitat efforts. That's equal to the size of New York and California combined. Learn more at fb.org forward slash sustainability. That's all for today's Drive Time. For more agriculture, trade, environment, and regulatory news, visit agripulse.com. Reporting in Washington, I'm Spencer Chase.